Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and of course, I'm being joined by the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. What's good, you bastards? <laughs> uh, we made her laugh. That's a good thing. <laughs> On the third chair this week, we have uh, an icon, uh, a dance music icon. She needs no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Freestyle Club. Trinir. Hello, hello, hello. It's Trinir. I was laughing because she was like, is this going to be a video, video chat, or is it going to be an audio chat? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it's audio only. And she's like, okay, good. I don't have to look good and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't, yeah, I don't you, have to do my hair. I don't have to put on lip gloss and all that. Uh, stuff. You don't have to get your hair did and your nails and all yeah, that. Yeah, I don't have to look all extra. <laughs> You are synonymous for dance music, for freestyle music, like they're playing our song, and of course, Can't Stop the Beat, and a host of other songs. Uh, give people an idea of your, your, your origin story, your beginnings. How did you get into dance music? Mm. Okay, wow. Okay, so I guess I'll start, well, you know, the same story with most uh, true artists. They've been singing all their lives. They sang in the church. They did talent shows growing up. They did all the choir stuff in high school, talent shows, pageants, the whole nine yards I did. Okay. I always knew since I was five that I wanted to be a singer. Michael Jackson was totally my idol and my first boyfriend. So, <laughs> a part, yeah, really. Which, which version so, of Mike that you like, Michael, with the. You know, Pepper Nose or you know. no, no. I liked uh, I like Black Michael, the little Black Michael with the afro and the the cowboy hat and the the cute, sexy Michael when he was a young with the Jackson Five. Right, right, with the big Pepper Nose. Yes, that's, that's yeah. the big oh, fist for nose. <laughs> <laughs> with the original origin nose. Yes, yes. So from there, um, you know, I always knew I wanted to sing. So I did everything I had to do through my young years, high school years, um, from talent shows to coffee houses to getting my own band together, being um, Miss Miami, Miss, Miss University of Miami, all of these things I did in preparing myself to be, you know, an artist. So I, once I graduated, I went to the University of Miami School of Music. And I majored in uh, studio music and jazz and musical theater. So I wasn't thinking. I, I, did, I, I wasn't thinking like dance music. Honestly, I wanted to be either an opera star or jazz singer. And I don't know how I ended up here. I swear to God, I don't. 
I really don't know how I ended up here, but it's all good. God knows. But I went to the University of Miami. I went to um, music school there. I ended up kind of dropping out after the second year. I went to Buffalo to uh, do some recording with uh, the whole Rick James crew because I had a friend who was the percussionist. And I was friends with him since I was 15 because I was like a, a little groupie. Um, and I used to love Rick James. So I used to follow Rick James everywhere. And, you know, whenever they came to town, I, you know, I had to go to the Rick James concerts. So I was friends with Nate Hughes and Danny LaMelle, who is the original um, horn player, saxophone player on all of the Rick James music. And Nate Hughes is the percussionist on all of Rick James's music. So he was my friend and he got me kind of um, hooked up a little bit with like the Mary Jane girls and auditions for that. I dropped out of college, ran to Buffalo, New York, was living with Nate and the guys trying to be a Mary Jane girl and record with Rick James, whole, just the whole, you know, drama that was going on in Buffalo. It didn't work out. I wasn't comfortable. I was like, you know what? I, I got to go back home. So one day I just woke up. I said, I'm going back to Miami. Went to Miami, and I swear to God, like two days later is when I met my producer, Pretty Tony, Tony Butler. Tony Butler, and, a legend in Miami. Yes. And so it was meant for me to go home. And when I went home, I was at some friend's house, you know, you know, doing what we do when you're young, you know, partying. <laughs> that's Remember, that's back in the 80s in Miami. So I'm there partying and they're like, Trinere, you need to meet this dude, Pretty Tony. You ever heard that song when I hear music and look out weekend? I'm like, yeah, I know the song. So they say, you know what? You got to meet this guy, Tony. You know, we can take you to him now. He's in West Palm Beach and, you know, he's he's badass and you need to just meet him. I said, OK, so let's go. So we went that night, met Tony. He was at his house slash studio and. Um, I met him that night. He threw out a challenge to me. Let me see what you can do. Cause he thought I was just a pretty girl that could really sing. And so I had to prove him wrong and he presented to me. I know you love me. And I heard that, you know, he had another little girl singing on it. So I heard it. I went in, killed it first take. And I didn't go home for two weeks. <laughs> first night <laughs> I met him, I slept at the house and, Stayed there for two weeks. My mom was sending police to his house. They kidnapped my daughter. <laughs> I'm like, mom, I'm okay. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just here recording, you know, and that's, uh, that's how um, All Night came out. And I know you love me. It was in those two weeks of being trapped away with Pretty Tony in his <laughs> house. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't a, a, a R. Kelly situation. It, it was voluntary. Oh, no. right? It was mutual. No, it, no I, was, I was willing, honey. I wanted to record. <laughs> I wanted to uh, I wanted to record. You know, it was some partying going on, but he didn't force me. Trust me, he didn't force me. I, <laughs> at first, I didn't like him. I really didn't like him because he was very arrogant. And, you know, he was just talking to me all kind of crazy ways, like making me prove myself. I was like, dude, I could sing. I'm the real deal. And so um, we just worked day and night. And, you know, it was just one thing led to the other. And voila. <laughs> Here on the Freestyle Club, we've been blessed to have over 25 interviews with 
freestyle artists, producers, and whatnot. And uh, many of them have told us that they spent decades looking for the right producer to give them that right sound. And unfortunately, some of them, a lot of them, never find that producer. But you were lucky yeah. enough to find that producer right off the bat. You also have a special relationship with your producer, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He's the son of my father. So we, we did have um, a long relationship, actually, before my son was born. So it started from actually day one. No, maybe day two. <laughs> it started because the first day I didn't really like him but then the second day he started looking kind of cute you know <laughs> see what happens <laughs> when you can produce you become the father of your dear son yeah <laughs> so but that that happened years after you know because Tony did go through a situation and he went to prison and that was like at the height of my career and um, it was just the you know back then the whole drug game or whatever and so everything kind of went, everything kind of, you know, came to a screeching halt. And I pretty much had to, um, I looked after him, you know, and I helped him with his, his um, lawyer fees and making sure I'm there in Atlanta every week to make sure he's okay. At the same time, traveling and doing my shows and avoiding radio people wanting to know, you know, are you a drug dealer too? <laughs> What's going on with that? Are you under investigation? Which I was, but. That was in my story. I was legitimately a recording artist. <laughs> it was the Miami Vice years, so it's kind of understandable. Yeah, yeah, yep, it was. And it was no uh, it was no secret that, you know, the record company, um, the label and the record company, you know, basically pretty much was funded um, by drug dealers. So that wasn't anything that was a secret. It was a secret in the beginning until they got busted. <laughs> 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 so once they got busted, it was like, oh, shit, what do I do? And so I did everything in my power to get him out, because first of all, he was my friend. He was my lover and he was my producer. So I put my career on hold, which now looking back on it was a huge mistake. Um, I put my career on hold for him and there was like a, a block. You know, there was like a, a, a couple of gaps. It was a, a years of me not really recording. But I was pretty much surviving off the off of the hits that we did release before he went in. So my thing and a lot of producers came at me back then. They came at me. Come on. this, You know, they tried to take advantage. Let me record you. You know, record companies came for me. Atlantic Records, Epic, all of them. And I just wasn't ready. I was like, no, I'm waiting for him because that's my team. You know, when he comes out, you know, that's my my formula. You know, we're going to we're going to make this happen. And I was sure I was going to help him get out. And he did. He got out like in, oh, man, maybe two and a half years. And so once he came out, we, you know, recorded again. Then we had the kid, the son. Then after a year, he screwed up again and I left him. And Oh, man, I, I need to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I would definitely buy but, that book. Yeah, he was my formula. He was he was. You know, we made really great music together. We created. I think I brought the best out of him because every song that we did record was from my heart. It was my idea. I went to him and I said, listen, I need a hit like this or I need a song like this. I like this song. We need to do something like that. You know, everything came from me. But once I took it to him, he 
you know, brought everything to life. And so that's how we worked. And that's, you know, that's, yeah, he was the, he's the best to me. There's some other greats out there back then. in that, in those days, I loved Arthur Baker. I thought Arthur Baker oh. was the shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but he was the only one that didn't come. If he would have come to me like uh Trenier, but he was the only one that didn't approach me. I think maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe my son would not have been here, but if Arthur Baker, would have approached me during that time. I think I would have kind of what they call jump ship. (laughs) Oh, man. The thing about uh, Pretty Tony is that the man literally put freestyle on the map in Miami. This is a self, to me, he's a self-made man. He made uh, When I Hear Music in in one night. And that's a a triple platinum song. Yeah, he he did. When I Hear Music, Look Out Weekend. And even uh, the songs he had out on him on himself um jam the box um a lot of people don't remember that one and well, fix um, it in the another, mix remember that yeah fix that it was, in the mix all of yeah. that that was that was him and i don't think he was trying to do freestyle he was just doing tony you know he was just because you know he started out as a dj he used to be um um a dj i think it was called the party down djs and i used to hear about them all the time you know throughout miami or whatever and that's how he started. He was just a DJ and he pretty much taught himself in the studio how to run the board, how to do what he did. And a lot of the sounds like the glass sounds and all of that, he he used to make those sounds himself. He would throw the glass down and, you know, try to get that that sound. He did everything. He taught himself. He never yeah. went to school for anything. Exactly. And that's why I say he's a, a self-made man, because. He did do everything when there was no studio for him to borrow, rent, or go into. He built his own studio. He pressed yeah, his he own did. vinyl. You know, he went into doing all these things on his own. And, you know, nowadays you could just open up a door and throw in your plugins and you have all your sounds. But back then, yeah, and you, you, know, you had to make your own to, sounds. Yeah. He used to, um, not with me, but with another artist, he would, like now they have the auto tune. Back then, he knew how to change the voice. He had all these things like up on the wall. I never forget it. And just just so many buttons and knobs and he would just keep fixing, you know, turning the knobs and fixing the voice the way he wanted the voice to be. He was amazing with the vocoder stuff. And back then they didn't have iTunes, but he knew how to make, you know, the voice what he, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Because when I came into his life, he that was his first time meeting a, a true singer. OK, so those that was before me, he had to kind of do a little bit of, you know, fixing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did I just throw somebody under the bus? <laughs> you just oh, throw some shade there. Jose, <laughs> 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 <say>, save us. <laughs> well, um, pretty Tony is credited for giving freestyle its name. Uh, that's the legend. Uh, he put out a record called Freestyle. Uh, and what ended up happening is that um, the label ended up printing Freestyle on the 12-inch record. So people thought that was a genre of music. When it was you know what? I'm so glad you said that. I have never heard anybody give him at least that little bit of, I don't know if it was credit because he didn't really try to do that. That wasn't his um, idea. That wasn't his intention. But that's how it happened. And that's how I remember it, you know, but nobody 
up there in the New York area, they don't want to say that. They don't want to tell the truth. And I'm glad you just told the truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, and the, the bottom line is in New York, it was called Latin hip hop. So we already exactly. know that that's what we called it here in Florida and in, in, in your area. It was Pretty Tony that came out with a song called Freestyle, but it was a mistake by the pressing plant and the 12 inch record was uh, labeled Freestyle. So people thought that that was the genre of music. Right. And that was just the group. That was the name of the group Freestyle. Yeah, which actually they're still that. performing right now. And a lot of people don't know that the group freestyle, those members, two of the main members, Garfield Baker, and I, I talk to him almost every day. He's like my brother, Garfield Baker and Byron Smith. They wrote all of my music. They wrote all of my main hits. It came from them. He used to make those guys come in before he would record them. Their job was to sit in the studio, watch my life and record. I mean, uh, write my music, write my songs. He taught them how to write. They didn't know really how to write for a singer. They knew how to write for themselves, for rappers, because, you know, they used to rap. And they came to the studio, wanted to talk to Tony. Tony wouldn't talk to them. And he just kept telling them to get away, you know, stop hanging at the studio. I don't like you guys. You know, he didn't want to work with them. So I happened to pull up and this is a true story. I happened to pull up. I saw them sitting outside, you know, kind of looking all sad or whatever. And I thought they were some cute little young dudes. And I said, what's wrong? And they told me what, you know, Tony don't want to talk to us. You know, I don't know who you are, miss. But can you please give him this tape? And I said, I'm Trinere. And they didn't know who I was because at that time I really wasn't anybody yet. You know, I was just starting out. So they didn't know who Trinere was, but they knew, you know, of Tony's music. And so I said, you know what? I can give it to him. I said, let me give it to him tonight, blah, blah, blah. So that night at Tony's house, I gave them this tape. I gave, I said, you know what? Those boys, Tony, that you told to go away, they gave me this tape. You need to listen to this. So, you know, he was getting high. Both of us get high, whatever. So we put the tape in and he loved it. He was like, oh, my God. He was like, these dudes, he didn't really say dudes. He said another word. But he was like, these dudes is the shit. <laughs> I have to say, and I have, so to, stop he was the, like, I have, have to, to stop for a second. Uh -huh. I have to stop the interview for a second and say okay. that you have to be the most realest person that we've had in a very long time on the show. And how, you know, raw and unedited you are. I'm truly enjoying this conversation. <laughs> so he just, um, he was like, you have the number? I was like, yeah, I got the number. So I gave him the phone number. He called Freestyle the boys that night. It Actually, they wasn't the name Freestyle. It was Garfield and Byron. He called them. He was like, be at the studio tomorrow. Yeah, I want to see what you guys got. So they came to the studio and the first job they had was writing for me. They had to prove themselves. So they started writing and, you know, he was pretty much kind of training them because they weren't used to writing for a singer. They only wrote for themselves. So they just had to sit there, man, and listen to track after track after track and come up with lyrics. And they had to feel my vibe. I had to tell them, no, I don't like that. You got to write for a singer. You got to go up here. You got to take the melody up and bring it back down, blah, blah, blah. And they learned. And that's freestyle. They're, they're my writers. Yeah. So that's how freestyle, you know, 
became freestyle. So, you know, then eventually they started doing, you know, their own music. It's automatic. Party's just begun. Don't stop the rock. You know, so that's how freestyle became that group. Now they call themselves Freestyle Evolution. To try, you know, when they do shows, because people don't realize that freestyle was a group. They think that's just the name of the genre. So they didn't realize, okay, that's actually a group, except for DJs, you know, but fans and people, a lot of different ones, they don't know that freestyle is actually a group. So now they go under freestyle evolution so they can, you know, so there it can be like a dis you know, they can be distinguished as a group. Yeah, but you're right about the Latin hip hop thing and the freestyle genre. And yeah, I used to be up in New York all the time performing and singing. And back then I didn't perform with a lot of freestyle artists. I ended up doing like a lot of underground clubs with hip hop artists. Um, I do remember Sapphire, India and uh, Sweet Sensation. Those were some of the main um, people that I first started working with um, when I used to do, um, what do you call it, Roseland and those little clubs back then in the day. But, you know, let it be told, nobody knows who I am there. It's, it's all good. This is the Freestyle Club. Topic of the week. Let's talk freestyle. freestyle. Well, well, since we're talking about Miami versus New York freestyle, uh, Did you ever find it kind of clickish when it came you to you know not for me because I never got you know even t- till this day I never really got involved I always was you know I just went out I did my my job I did I never got in, involved I guess because I think New York artists because they do so many shows together like in the same neighborhood or in the same venues and they live in the same town together i think that's the reason why it's more clickish with me and the in the miami artists it wasn't like that you know i didn't see them all the time we didn't hang we didn't do the same clubs all the time it wasn't that type of thing so i was kind of separated from that i think mainly because i wasn't a part of there's there was no clicks in miami you know, and if I would happen to do a show or be on a show with the New York artist, I really didn't like socialize. It would be like in and out. I go do my thing. I leave. I will see you and just probably just keep going by. I'm, I was always about business, about my thing. And 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 kind of Tony kind of taught me that he he taught me a lot about the business and how to act and how to get your money first. And, you know. You don't need to talk to this person. You don't need to talk to that person, you know, because he was like a real gangster. (laughs) (laughs) I came out of a camp of gangsters and it was all about your business. Get your money. Get out. (laughs) Period. And that's kind of how I handled my life. And until this day, now I do have friends like Sapphire is one of my best friends. Sapphire and Cynthia. I love them. Oh, my God. Those are my girls, Niobe. Um, you know, we've, we've crossed paths way back in the day. But um, today, I still cross paths a lot with Cynthia and Lizette Melendez now a little, a little bit more. Um, TKA a little bit. 
but not so many, not so many of the, the New York artists are on the same shows with me. Um, I wish they were like, I love Sapphire. I wish I, I could do more shows with her, but every now and then I'm on the show with Sapphire, but no, it's not a click to answer your question. Not with me, but I, I hear about it and I laugh and I always tell my friend Sapphire, I'm like, girl, it's a good thing. I'm not in New York. Cause you know, I've, I, I will have cut somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I actually believe it's that. The thing is not me, girl. It's y'all. Y'all, y'all handle it. The cameras need to be rolling with you guys up there in New York because I don't I don't deal with that kind of drama. I wish I did sometimes. It's kind of fun. <laughs> but I don't it is, but I don't get into it. You don't I, want to I be part don't. of it. The reason I ask <laughs> is because I know that Tony was uh must have been a kind of frustrated in the beginning because he felt that New York didn't give him his due. But after you guys got your first platinum, second platinum, third platinum, he, he got kind of vindication because now the New York crowd was opening for you guys. But it was opening for Trinidad. You had Gloria Estefan opening for Trinidad and they didn't have that. So at the end, I'm sure that he felt vindicated and got a good laugh at that. Yeah, he did. But still, at, uh, still, even now, he is told he is so disrespected on so many levels. But it's OK. He knows who he is. It's OK, because his music is huge, like internationally, like in Germany and Brazil. I'm huge in Brazil. So it's it's kind of, um, you know, New York is one city. And uh, a lot of the New York artists, they are not as privileged to have really traveled the world with their music and get the respect that he's gotten and that I've gotten out of the country, you know, and it's not always just about got to get out of New York, you know, and I hear a lot of uh, people saying, oh, you know, who's the queen? Who's queen? This, You know, I'm, I'm like this. You can't be the queen of nothing if you're just in New York. Where else have you really been? Where else have you really made your stamp? I'm not professing to be the queen. But when I hear all this other stuff that's going on, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of singers that I know, let me tell you, they were still in school when I had four hits. Okay. From the year 1984 to 87, I released at least five hits. I could be wrong. It's four or five, five. It was back to back. And it was because I didn't have that record label controlling me. I was with the label. I was with the company that gave us liberty to do whatever the hell we want to do. You know, we can record all day, all night. We can drop releases every week if we wanted to. They gave us that. That was our company. That was me and Tony's. It was Tony's and we could do whatever the hell we wanted to. And that's the reason why we kept putting out hits after hit. I know you love me. I'll be all you ever need that playing our song. How can we be wrong? Um, you say it can't stop the beat. That's okay. That's not one of my favorites, but there's tons of songs. Stay in love with me. Um, Alone at last, rocking to the rhythm. I have hits in other countries that got no play here. So, you know, I didn't have that, that restriction that a lot of artists had. They had to wait until the record label decided to release them. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I would, there was a time when I was even with Luke Records, which was the, the biggest mistake, one of, 
there's a lot of mistakes I made, <laughs> but that was one, you know, uh, signing with Luke. He did absolutely nothing with my R&B album. I have a full R&B album. It's called Game. You know, I'm very versatile. I don't, I'm not just a, I didn't set out to be a freestyle artist. It just kind of happened. I set out just to do dance music, music that makes you dance. I liked Madonna. I loved, um, actually, I loved Shannon. Let the music play. That was an inspiration. But I loved Donna Summer. I just wanted to make music. Nobody knew what the hell freestyle was. You know, that, that wasn't even an issue. That wasn't a thought in my head. I just wanted to do dance music. And that's what I'm going to do now. I'm not trying to be stuck in a box. Don't put me in a box. I'm not, I'm not your typical artist that just wants to do one type of style. I can do many things. I, I'm telling you, I used to want to be an opera singer. I can sing opera. I can do jazz. I did a jazz event here. I can do so many different things. You know, I just want to make music. And wherever I'm, you know, whatever I'm feeling, that's what a true artist is. What you're feeling is what you're going to create. Don't, don't make me create or stay in a freestyle box with everybody else that's uh, pretty much on these cookie cutter tracks. That's not me. That's never been me. And I'm not, if that's your thing, cool. That's fine. That's your thing. But don't try to force that on me. I'm not, I'm not that artist. If you listen to every one of my tracks, even the tracks that wasn't really released, like on the Trainer and Friends, you will find so many different styles. I even have a disco song on there. I have a song that's sort of EDM. I have, I have a freestyle, a New York style freestyle song that's called In and Out. I have many different, there's different, you gotta, you know, if you're an artist, you gotta be able to paint different, different canvases. You gotta be able to, you know, create different styles. Every song, they're playing our song was R&B, that charted on R&B. I'll be all you ever need. That was different. I know you love me. That was different. How can we be wrong to be whole? How can we be wrong was different. Oh. You mentioned games, which was a crossover. And in fact, a lot of your songs did cross over to hip hop and R&B. And I was wondering, why didn't you do the full crossover. You know why? Because because out, out, out of anybody in freestyle, you could have been the one just like Stevie B where people say that Stevie B needs freestyle. Freestyle doesn't need uh, Stevie B. I disagree. I yeah. think that Stevie B could have crossed over and, and not having given a freestyle yeah, a second look. Yeah, exactly. And I could have been a jazz singer. And you know what? I feel that way about Niobe. Even though her music was freestyle, but her voice and her style, she was much more. She was much more. I think Niobe could have gone, you know, we all get hit with different life things, but her voice and her style, she should have been an R&B singer. She should have. That's, her voice is so powerful and so much more than the, the freestyle genre. I think she could have gone so much further. And the same with myself. Um, I just think it's just about where the path leads you. My life just didn't go that way. <laughs> I was just, I was like, it was almost like I was thrown into this arena 
And I was so loved and so accepted so fast by a huge Latino market, especially in California. It was it's phenomenal. California and in Brazil. So when you're accepted like that and you're loved like that and you're embraced and people love you and they just want more and more, it's kind of like you kind of stick with what what works and you stick with who loves you and who respects you. Black folks didn't respect me. <laughs> and that's just the truth. R&B, that jo- I tried it, but they didn't love it. They didn't embrace me. And, you know, that just wasn't my purpose. And who embraced me was the Latino community. And that's even the way it is now. Here in California, it's amazing. My, oh my God, my fan base and my love here is all Latino. Mm -hmm. Same in South America and Brazil and even in New York. So that's the community that was given to me. You know, and that's my purpose. I would have loved to do the R&B thing, but that's just not, that wasn't my purpose. That wasn't where God led me. That wasn't my path. Well, so, we're more know. than happy to have you. We're glad that we have you. <laughs> uh, I want to circle back a bit because you mentioned, you know, we talked a lot about Tony and Tony being the ultimate businessman. And we have a tradition here on the Freestyle Club where we ask every artist about their contracts. Were you happy with it? Were you disappointed? Uh, was there something that you wish you did different? Did you find it to be fair? No, it wasn't fair. And back then, in those days, I can't put the blame totally on Tony. Um, but I did put a lot of my business decisions in his hands. And if I were to tell any kind of woman or a recording artist that's getting involved with the relationship, I would say not to do it because it blinds you and it causes you to not think for yourself and to think about yourself. You kind of put your trust in the man that you love. You put your trust in, um, you know, that producer and everybody else, you know, and I didn't look out for me first. I trusted the wrong people and I let him handle all my business, which was the biggest mistake. So if I could go back, I would have had an attorney look over all my contracts and look over everything because I got royally screwed, royally. And I have lost out even still today on millions, literally millions of dollars. And they showed me, but there's, you know, there's a lawsuit right now and it's, it looks like it's going to be in um, our favor and it's going to be some changes. You know, it's way overdue. It's been 30 something years, 35 years now. But if I could do it all over again, I would. My advice would be to make sure you look out for you, have the attorneys to watch over, look over your contracts. And, you know, I, I got some money. You know, I still do get some money, but it's crumbs to what I deserve because my music is still selling today in Brazil and in New Zealand in Germany and the Netherlands it's selling like crazy. And it, it, it's more than triple platinum. And I don't know what platinum it is right now. Cause it's been 35 years and it's, they're still printing up vinyls on my music. When I go to Brazil to perform, I just came back like two weeks ago and I'm going back in August. 
When I go to Brazil, people bring me new vinyls to sign. New, I'm like, where'd you get this? Oh, when did you buy this? Oh, I just bought it. <laughs> They're still buying my vinyls, my music. So my shit is still selling today. And I'm not getting, I'm not even getting a quarter of that money at all. So, but I can't totally blame Tony. You know, he did do me wrong. <laughs> he did me wrong. Um, but it was also my fault. Yeah, that sounds like a song in the works right there. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of songs, honey, about <laughs> all these motherfuckers. All oh, these oh my God. <laughs> I got a lot of songs for all these different men that's come through my life. <laughs> you said but my two favorite you know, words. It's, it, it's, it's, it's my fault, too. But I was young. You know, I was 19 when I met Tony. And all I wanted to do was sing. Come on, you put a, a real singer in the studio and then you hear it on the radio. It's like, oh, my God. And then from your first hit all night, they're, they're starting to call you. Hey, can we get Trenere to come do this show? And then your first paycheck is $1,000 for one song. It's like, damn, I'm rich. Let me go get a new Louis Vuitton. Oh, shit. And then the <laughs> next song. <laughs> and then the song, you know, the shows keep coming and coming and coming. You ain't thinking about nothing. You ain't thinking about no contracts. You're thinking about getting back in the studio and make some more hits so you can get some more money and you could travel some more, you know, and that was my fault. I should have taken those contracts to my dad and say, hey, daddy, I need an attorney. This is getting serious. Or I wish my dad would have come to me and said, hey, you know, but I was in love and I, I trusted him and I let him, you know, run the show. And. He didn't give me what I what I deserved, but it's all good. It's all good. What I can say in his behalf, he he um, he focused on me. He really did focus on my career. He everything I asked him to do, he did when it came to my style and my creativity and my every song that was released was from me. He produced it, but it came out of my heart. I went to him and I said, I need this. I want this. I like this. And he listened to me and we created together. So really, I'm still here. I'm here today and still performing and doing because of, of him and because of his work with me throughout the years. He didn't focus on no other artist. Plenty of women came through wanting him to, you know, and he did, you know, record with them a little bit. But that was just to, you know, get some cootie cat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That must be a new but type of uh, when I when I walked in the studio, I was like, OK, who is this? OK, she's got to go. We got to get to work. It's time to get busy. We, um, <laughs> you get you're to, not uh, recording with her. No, she ain't happening. <laughs> it's all about me, baby. We get to um, <laughs> we get to celebrate Pretty Tony again because last week a brand new movie was released. Ma. And uh, during the entire movie, they're playing Lookout Weekend. No way. Not only are they playing Lookout Weekend to the entire movie, but the main character, uh, I believe her name is Octavia Spencer. She makes Lookout Weekend sound so creepy because she's a, she's a killer. So she's singing it. And oh, my God. You know what? I got goosebumps right now. I'm about to cry. Oh, my God. So we get you to celebrate. Me. Yeah, we get to celebrate it all over again. My girlfriend and I are in the movie theater and 
every time they were playing Lookout Weekend, they would be playing it in the background. Music was blaring. And then, you know, they have a fast forward scene where, you know, she's just, you know, putting on makeup and singing the song out loud. And I'm like, oh, God, this is like. Oh, my God. So, OK, anything. so that's the money. That's the money coming back in. That's oh, yeah. money coming in. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I bet you he doesn't know because he's such like a little recluse. I bet you he does not know. But I'm going to call I'm going to call my son first. Because, you know, my son is also a producer and we're working now on some new stuff. We're in the studio and, you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to really pull Tony out of his hiding. I think it's time. I think well, it's time. To. He has to. He's a pioneer. Again. He's, He's a tried pioneer. some other things here and there. But, you know, me and him kind of butt heads now. And we kind of every best time type. we try to talk. We fight. That's the best type. That's the best type. That's where you get the best work done when you when you have that <laughs> hate relationship. In the studio, you know, as no, it's, as- it's like it's really a love and hate. And then my son always tries to get in the middle, like, Mom, you always say this, and then he always say it too. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> 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 my son is always in the middle, I'm telling you, but it's time. I'm feeling that, that um, itch again, you know, and I, I'm just feeling it's time. I'm ready. And when I feel I'm ready, they better look out. Like for real, I'm I'm ready. It's That's time. Awesome. I've I done have, a lot of other things, you know, business wise, and you know, I'm 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 okay. And I didn't feel the itch, and I perform a lot. I do a lot of shows. I just haven't felt that need or desire to get back into the studio. But I'm feeling it now. Yeah. What type of of music do you want to put out? You know, I really. I really I like EDM music and I like um, I love dance music. I like all kind of stuff. I like hip hop. I just kind of want to um, feel my way and do a, a, a variety of things. But I really want to make a serious breakthrough in the dance genre again. I'm not going to say freestyle because to me, that's a box. And I love my fans, but I feel like if you're my true fan, you're going to still love what I put out. You seem to be having the same sentiment that CBB has had in the last few rants that he's had on social media, where he feels like, you know, freestyle people like to put their artists in a box. And it's been like that forever, because for some reason, anytime any artist in the freestyle genre does any other form of music, the fans feel betrayed. It depends on how far you go. You know what I mean? Like, like, for an example, when um, Janet Jackson. She kind of went off a little bit and so did Sierra. They still at one point in their career, they kind of left their fans. They started doing this other stuff. It wasn't accepted. People want to hear, wanted to hear that um, I'm in control. They want to hear that, you know, they want to hear that dancing Janet, that high energy Janet. They don't want to hear this other stuff. And the same with Sierra. And I feel my fans are the same way. They don't want to hear no other stuff. They want to jam. I'm going to make them dance, but it's not going to be called freestyle. They're going to dance to my music. Because, see, I don't think people really understand. It's so many different variations of freestyle. You know, if you listen to my music and every one of my tracks, it's really not what you hear in New York. It's not the same. So 
I never started and, and set out to be a freestyle artist. I set out to just do dance music. And that's what I'm going to do again. And if they like it, they like it. And I think they will. I think they will like it. I have very committed and faithful um, fans. As long as the, whenever I did anything, if it was hot and I felt it in my gut and in my heart, and it made me just like break my back, I'm like, oh, that's a hit. That's what I go in the studio to do. I don't go in the studio thinking I'm gonna make a freestyle song or I'm gonna make a no, I'm gonna do some shit that's hot. And that makes me dance. And if you like it, you like it. And nine times out of 10, you will like it. I haven't failed yet. So I don't think I'm going to start failing now at 54. I think I still know what a hit is. Like, I love um, the girl uh, One Kiss. I love Dua Lipa. She's hot. I love that One Kiss. I like that, that vibe. I, I see myself doing something like that, but a little more edge to it. Just give a little more um, 808, a little more something to it, a little more oomph, you know, give me some more fire, you know, just light her, light Dua Lipa ass up just a little bit. <laughs> then we got a hot hit and she won a Grammy or an American Music Award. I don't know what it is, but that's what I want. I'm like, you know, after all these years, I want an award because you get got a lot of artists that's winning these awards and they're really biting off of our stuff. They're biting off of a trainer, even Black Eyed Peas and, you know, those that group or whatever. They they bite off of our stuff. And absolutely. Cool. Everybody if, you go, bites. if you go back I to the history of, of dance music, um, there's a lot of songs that are freestyle and that yeah. are based off of freestyle or based off what was started in New York. The dance versions that were started in in Miami. It's, it's a variation of all that. And they all listen to Trenere. They all yeah. listen to... And you know, the, the thing, all of that is wonderful. But I want to be in a... I want to put myself in a position where my music is finally accepted and respected. And I think the only way... I think we confused even the radio people with this name, Freestyle. They didn't know what the hell is that. Where are we going to place that? You know, imagine, that, imagine now, now they think that you're about to spit some game uh, onto a, onto a track or you're going to, you know, ride BMX bikes, you know, they, they're confused, you know, and we find that on a daily basis uh, for that. People are confused when, when somebody sees the genre freestyle, they're, they're thinking something totally different. Yeah, they don't know because there's different variations. I'm a freestyle artist, but I don't sound like anybody. But New York is freestyle, too. You know, you've got different different styles of it. But if you stay stuck in that box and you want to just keep saying, I'm freestyle, I'm freestyle, I'm freestyle. The radio station is not going to play your ass. You're going to have to sound like something else. You're going to have to say your dance music, your EDM. I want to be played on the radio. I'm not trying to play with these fools no more. I've, I'm, I'm older now. <laughs> I am not trying to play these. Freestyle, keep me in the box games. It's time to get some recognition. It's time to get known for what we've been sweating and doing for 30 something years. We've been holding this thing down. Subscribe to the Freestyle Club. On Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Visit thefreestyleclub.com. The Freestyle Club. 
The Freestyle Club. Let's talk freestyle. Let me tell you what I hate. I wish this was live. I really hate this whole freestyle is dead. We're going to keep freestyling. Freestyle is not gone anywhere. Freestyle has kept me going and paying my bills. This whole, uh, the fans, my fan base has kept me going for this long. I got out of the music business actually for 14 years. Nobody knew where Trinia was. I was a minister. You know, I was in the church. I was ministering. I was pastoring. And that was for 14 years. So when my son, I raised my son in the church. And when he graduated from school, I said, okay, I'm going back. It's time to go. I could divorce my crazy ass pastor husband. And I said, I'm going back to the music industry. And I was out for 14 years. And I just don't want to be, I don't want to be stuck. You know, we, we, we've held this thing down for many years. We sell out arenas. I do. At least I know I'm on shows that there's arenas. I mean, I see the shows in New York. We have a huge fan base, we have a huge fan base in California. California is huge. We do big shows. So how is it freaking dead? You tell me how it's dead. And we've been, do- I've been with Alan Beck with Pacific Concert Group for shit over 13 years. He's been rocking and rolling big for a long time. People down out there in New York, they've been rocking and rolling. How is it dead? Y'all still selling out shows. So all these haters that keep saying, oh, freestyle dead, blah, blah, blah. Go sit down. Be quiet. <laughs> it's not dead. It's, it's, these people are working and they're, they're working hard. Some have other jobs and that's cool. You know, Nobody can really survive too much on on one job unless you're freaking Beyonce, you know, but it's not. How is it dead? And every time I look around, the, the house is packed. When I look around, the arena is packed. The amphitheater is packed. How the fuck are we dead? It's not dead. It's to me, it's a total disrespect to what freestyle artists have been doing for 35, me, 35 years, some 30 years, some 32. But that's still some big numbers. You don't have R&B artists doing that. R&B artists, they ain't doing no shows. They just started doing shows with the bands or whatever. We are working and we're working hard. And I think it's a total disrespect for motherfuckers. Oh, I'm getting pissed. I didn't mean to say the MF word. You go, girl. (laughs) Please. Okay, I'm going to keep it classy. But it's that right there. When, let me tell you, when I see it, I try so hard not to say anything. I'm like, oh, my God, what are they talking about? It's so disrespectful. I to think me. I think now, Trenier, what they do is they use that as a marketing ploy, you know, uh, to, to get people riled up uh, to support a cause. And I think they go about it in a in a in a way where it, it, it seems negative because negativity is what attracts people now. You know so- what? You are yeah. so right. That was a very good way of putting that. You're right. Just like reality shows, reality shows sell. People like that negative mess. That's why I don't get involved. I don't say anything. I listened to the Stevie B thing and he had a lot of great points. I agreed with him on a lot of that, but it's time to get out that box. I don't, don't put me in a box. I talked to a producer recently. He wanted to still do it. That's not, if if a producer can't get with me and say, where's your heart? What you want to do? You ain't the producer for me. If you're not, I'm the artist. You are a producer. It works together with the writer. Okay? I have to do what's 
coming from my heart, what I'm feeling. You know, that's the only way it's going to be true or real. That's the only way it's going to work. It's got to come from me too, baby. It ain't just about you and what you want to do. I'm the artist. It's my name that's out there. It's I'm the one that's out there performing. I'm the one that have to get out here in front of these fans and be accountable to them, not you. So if I say I want to do a certain type of song, you need to listen to me. We need to work together. You need to be on my vision. You need to say, okay, how can I help you to do that? Let's do that. You know, that's the reason why me and Tony work, because we were a team. We we was on the same page. Whatever I wanted, what I took to him, he said, "Okay, that sounds good. And I only took to him, you know, when I got an idea, every song that I, I heard, it was a hit. I never went to him with no bullshit. And so I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that that's what I need to do. Producer and artist and write, then the writer comes in last, but the producer and the artist, they need to be on the same page. And the producer needs to feel where the artist is coming from, from the heart, from a true artist. See, you've got a lot of people that want to be artists, but a true artist who can really create and, and feel what, that's why my stuff has always been successful. A lot of people say, why you didn't record? How, how come you haven't recorded? Because I didn't have to. I didn't have to. And it was no desperation. There was no urgency. My fans love me and they want to hear the classics. They want to hear the old stuff. You ever see anybody say, oh, why war won't record a new song? Why Earth, Wind and Fire won't record a new song? Why die? Why y'all not messing with those legends? But y'all want to always attack us. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> point. Give them what they want and then they still won't support. So especially in the freestyle genre, give them a brand new freestyle song. And, you know, see what they happens. They don't buy it. Exactly. They still want to hear the old. And that's fine. It, that's okay. I mean, that's, I, I work off the old every day. But I, you know, I, I freshen up my show. I add in some little new elements. My DJ, he's scratching some new stuff. You know, we make it current. But it's still the classics. That's what they want to hear. And that's what I'm, I'm going to give you. But when I do a new song, don't try and box me in because I want if I'm going to get out of my comfort zone at 54. OK, by now I should have learned some shit and I should put something out that's hot, that's funky. I should be ready to be totally on the radio and be respected and get in the rotation of dance music. OK, I want respect from Billboard. I want respect from. The real officials, you know, the real people that that put you in the right category. You know, there's a lot of dance cap. There's Latin. There's Latin dance. There's electronica. There's EDM. There's so many dance categories. Why I can't be in one of those? Why can't I be in one of those? We should. And I think that's how the freestyle community should think. That's how the artist should think if they're true artists. Get out of that box because that box ain't going to get you no award. That's if you want one. Some people don't want one. I want. I want my Grammy. I want an American. I want an American Music Award. After all these years, why should I sit back and watch these other artists, young artists that's come up after us, that's really that we have influenced? Why should they get our awards? That's how I feel. Why? No, I want mine. I work too hard, and I, uh, I want mine right now, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm i'm gonna get right on it i'm gonna have some, uh discussions and uh I, I love i love the realness that comes out of this conversation 
And I'm hoping that the audience that's listening to this podcast can really take to the information that you're giving them. Um, some people may feel that you're coming off a little bit too strong, but that comes with the sensitivity of being a millennial or being part of the world right now. Everybody is so sensitive and nobody wants and to And I don't get... care if they're strong. If they feel like coming <laughs> I off love strong. you. I'm not I love talking you. About, I'm not. I'm not dissing no other artist. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about me, my life and what I want. And I should be able to voice my, I'm 54 years old. I've been through a lot. You don't even understand. So nobody can tell me what I should want or what I should do or how I should go about doing it. They shouldn't. What's important to me is my fan base who supported me all these years and I'm gonna give them what they want. And I think my fans trust me because I've never given them garbage and I'm never going to give them garbage today that I'm still the same person. I'm that same 19 year old that was back in the eighties that was very uh, confident and that was very particular about my music, my sound and the way my melodies went. That was all me. Tony helped. We both, we worked with each other, but a lot of that came from me because I went to school for music. Okay. So I have the right to feel I'm that same girl that was 19. I still have that same fire and I'm going to give my fans what they want. And if someone is listening now and they feel I'm too strong or they don't like, then you're not my fan. And that's okay. You don't have to be my fan. You can be Cynthia's fan. You can be Niobe's fan, whatever. We all have our own fan base. We all have our own territory. New York is not my territory. You see, when you understand who you are, you don't worry about what people think. I know my territory. All right. That's maybe Cynthia's territory, Judy Torres territory. God didn't give me New York like that. But God gave me California. He gave me Brazil. He gave me Europe. He gave me different places. And I'm good with that. So if there's someone that's listening and feel I'm too hard, then you don't know where I where I've been. You don't know what I have struggled through. I have overdosed. I've been through a whole lot of stuff. I used to print up my own, my own vinyls. We had a printing plant, a pressing plant. I used to be in the pressing plant, pressing up my own vinyls, putting them in the jackets. See, people don't know where I've been, so they can think whatever. A lot of artists have not even been where I've been. Okay, I was in the pressing plant, sweating with Tony, pressing up our own vinyl. Not too many other artists have that testimony. So I don't care if people think I'm coming off hard. I'm just being real and it's just me. And I know what I want at 54. I know what I want. I look good. I still look young. I can dance. I can outdance anybody on stage. I can keep up with the young, my young dancers. I put on a hell of a show. I know who I am. And I know what I give. So, hello. <laughs> you keep mentioning your age, 54. <laughs> but... Let me tell you, at 54, you are still a powerhouse on that stage. You fit in your outfit. You dance your routine. You have dancers behind you. You incorporate a DJ. You sing live and the crowd sings back to you. What yeah, more can you ask people, for in a performance? I give my fans what they want. I keep it fresh. Every year we, we change up my show. You know, I'm always like, OK, what can we do different this year? We do the same venues a lot of times, the Greek, the Microsoft, whatever. But every year I'm like, OK, I got to add some more dances. We got to 
you know, the, the outfit's got to be on point. Okay, DJ H, you got to give me a better intro. You know, you got to challenge yourself. You got to give the people what they want. They pay a lot of money to come to these shows over and over and over and over. And that's a blessing. So I'm not going to keep giving the same show, same look. You know, I don't just run and kill myself every day for me. I do it because when I get on stage, I don't want to be looking crazy and sweating and, and just walking across the stage. I go to give a show. And I owe it to my fans because, listen, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. And that's real. I would not be here. I wouldn't be able to be able to afford my outfits or to even pay my I pay my dancers. I don't have free dancers, especially here in California. They have a union and you have to pay them a certain amount of money <laughs> or a California board will be coming to you. So if you think you want to hire some dancers. They better be either your cousins or you better be paying them because the union will get you. So I don't come cheap. I don't come cheap and I don't I don't I don't give my my fans a cheap show. I pay my DJ well. He is an OG. He used to play with um, ice, um, ice tea. So, you know, he's old school right here. from He used to play with ice tea, Snoop Dogg. He is the OG. And he scratched for real on the ones and twos. He don't do that fake stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I bring it. We bring it for the fans. I love my people. And yeah. I'm going to give them when I come out with some new stuff. You know, I'm not about the labeling and putting it in this box, that box. I want to be on the radio because I deserve that. I deserve nobody else. Why can't I be on the radio? I can I can outsing a lot of these singers that's still on that's on the radio. And sound young doing it. Well, I can tell you for a fact that your fans do love you. I'm I'm a fan. My girl Veronique is a huge fan. She wanted to call out sick from work and sit in on the interview because she loves you that much. And I again, I like I said, <laughs> like I said before, we had you know over 25 interviews, but this is the first one that she wanted to call out sick and sit in on because that's you how know, much I don't of a think fan. Jose I don't think they're ready for me live I don't think they can handle me live so we may not we may have to cancel the live one <laughs> why, do you, why do you think why do you think that I, I sat you down and, and did the freestyle club I mean I would have I would have got kicked off the air you know <laughs> with this raw uh, uh, turnier that we're getting right now but I wouldn't have it any other way the freestyle club is proudly syndicated on the phillymix.com and clubmegamixradio.com visit the philly mix and club mega mix radio freestyle and let's talk freestyle and let me ask you about uh, the current freestyle situation do you listen to anything from the freestyle community that's new now see you going to get me in trouble okay <laughs> why you have to ask me that <laughs> Are we going to have a Stevie B moment here? It's all crap. It's pure crap. You're going to get me in trouble by answering. I'm, I'm going to say um, no comment. For real? Not you a single what? one? To be honest with you, no. I don't. Um, because when in my spare time, that's not the music that I listen to. I love, I, I sit back, I chill. You know, I like listening to neo soul and jazz. You know, I'm a, I'm a wine drinker, so I like to be real chill. And, you know, I listen to, I do listen to some new hip hop, like the, heart, the Cardi B's and all that kind of stuff. But I really, I really haven't. 
But I did listen because of the whole craziness. And I was like, well, Stevie B, what you talking about, man? What's going on? Because, you know, Stevie's my best. He's one of my really dear friends. We actually did a recording together and it's going to be released um, soon. I just got to do some um, different vocals on it in the beginning. I have to do some ad lib in the beginning. I want to change. But when I saw the whole thing, I'm like, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Tell me. He didn't want to tell me what was going on. I'm like, please tell me. And he wouldn't tell me. I didn't. I didn't find out until recently. And so, yeah, I, I have listened recently. I, I did listen. It's not what I normally do, though. I really don't. My apologies to your ears, but I am more than willing to send you some comparable great freestyle. Okay, some great stuff. Now, I did listen to um, what's the girl's name? A new song. Um, is it Jenny? Jenny Renee. How do you pronounce her name? J-E-N-N-E. It's Jenny Renee. Jenny. Okay. I did listen to that track and it was really, really good. I like it. It's funny because she reminds me of your flavor and she's from your area. And, Is she? Uh, from Florida, yes. And um, here's the type of old school uh, mentality that she carries and how she was inspired by the, the, the generation, the old school generation, if you will. She really? flew... She flew herself from Florida to New England to Massachusetts to debut her song live on my radio show. Oh, now, that's good. Now, if that's not dedication, I, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, sometimes you have to you can't sit back and wait. You can't just sit back and wait for other people to promote you. And that's and that's that's me. I don't wait for people to share my flyers or to share my work or to share my, I promote myself. I don't wait for managers to, to get me work. I, I do a lot of calling myself. And if I find out an agent is not, you know, getting me the shows that he should be doing, I, I do it myself. And a lot of times they get mad. Oh, you going behind. You shouldn't be doing that. It makes us look bad. I don't give a damn. So what? You're not doing <laughs> your job. I need to work. What are you doing? So, that's good that she's taking the initiative and she's doing her. She's putting her own, her stuff out, you know, and now in this age, you actually can do it yourself. You don't have to wait for a label, especially the way social media is now and, and the way they have all these different um, avenues to make money and to put your own stuff out. Girl, man, let me tell you, today is totally different from the 80s. Now these artists have so many avenues and ways to make money and to promote themselves on Instagram. And I wish we had that. And that's awesome that she's taken her own career into her own hands. That's how you're supposed to do it. Because if you don't promote yourself, nobody else is going to promote you. You got to be your number one fan and your number one promoter. Nobody else, whatever, move, go move on to the next one. You got to get with somebody who's going to believe in you and push you. If they're not pushing you harder than you're pushing yourself, then that's not the person for you. And well, that's one reason why I stuck with Tony, because he pushed me and he believed in, in, you know, in my work. And that's why we did so many recordings together. And hopefully she's found her. You got to have that that team. You know, you got to have that producer that feels you. And you feel yeah. him. She has a great you know? team now. She has uh, the number one independent uh, uh, dance label, uh, 418. 
418 has a dance uh, label and a freestyle label. And they're getting a lot of streams and, and a lot of people uh, listening. They got some songs on Billboard. And so they're, they're really trying to push good quality freestyle into the market. They, they put out uh, a Carlos Barrios, Sammy Zone record. Uh, they put yeah, out now I did hear that one. I like that, too. I, I, I do. I like the original, too. You know, the original was awesome. Yeah, the original was was awesome too. But that the the new one, the, I think it's a remix. Um, I like that one a lot. Yeah, the funny Redux, and and so and and now they also had Aki Star and the, the the voices in my head, which hit Billboard charts. So I mean, people are trying to really put out good quality freestyle music, and so we need more of of the legends to to really get back on track and do the same. Um, I got I have I have a follow up question that I want to ask you. And and do you have your questions written down? Because how no. do you remember all this? You, you're no, like I, right on track. You're so focused. I love. <laughs> listen, Trenier, you have to understand. I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. This is the music that I've loved all my life. Um, and, and I'm a student of the game. And so <laughs> as an artist, like in your stature, um, a lot of uh, new school artists, a lot of the new generation, they're always talking about how one, the old generation don't step aside so they can get shine, which is of course bullshit. Uh, and number two, that the old generation doesn't take them under their wing and coach them or put them on the same platform because they're afraid that they might get their spot taken. One thing, you can't take a legend spot. That's number one, okay? Because we've already paid our dues. And we've already uh, paved the pathway for others. You know, when you've been in the game for over 30 years, you, it's no spot you can take. You can't. You can only learn and grow. Uh, how would I look, you know, saying, oh, I want to take Donna Summer's spot. Or I'm going to take Madonna's spot. Or I'm going to take, you know, whoever my idol was and who I listened to, like Natalie Cole or or different. You can't say that. That's just totally stupid. and that's ridiculous and if they're thinking that way then they're not even ready because you got to come with a certain humbleness and gratefulness and respect when it comes to those who who've already paid their dues you know especially during a time that's not like today today is a whole different um arena you know you guys got it easy now you, you didn't have to do what we had to do, you know, battling with the hip hop genre and battling to get on the radio station. And, you know, you 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 just haven't been where we've been now. Nobody has ever come to me. You know, th these young people, the young generation can talk all they want to talk. But have they really gone out and, and reached out to a legend or an, an artist like myself? I don't like to keep saying I'm a legend. I'm a legend. But I know what I've done. I know what I've contributed to the, the genre, um, but nobody has ever come to me. You know, I can only speak for myself. I don't know what a Stevie B or a George Lamont or how they treat other people or other artists, but nobody's ever approached me. Nobody's come to me and said, hey, can you help me with this or what you think about that? Nobody's ever asked my opinion. So I can only speak for myself. I'm not that way. I am very... Um, reachable I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a you know i'm very in touch with my people with my fans uh, so putting house gate huh 
You're opening Hell's Gate. I am? How? Tell well, me how. Once people hear this, once artists hear this, they're going to hit you up. That's fine. Jernier, Jernier, please well, take me under your wing. Not just the artists, but the whack, the whack producers. The producers that give you a Planet Rock beat for every song and say, here you go. You know, let me tell you, when they come, if they do come, they better know I'm a drill sergeant and I give it to you. I give it to you real and raw. I'm not going to, you know, pacify you or I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. So, you know, they can hit me up if they want to, but they better be ready and prepared for, for realness. <laughs> because I'm going to let you know if, if you're not wearing the right, I'm going to say, look, what you're wearing is yucky. You look horrible. <laughs> and what kind of dance move is that? No, that's not going to work. Um, what what are you doing with the microphone? No, I, let me tell you, I'm a drill sergeant and a lot of folks not ready for me. So maybe maybe they know that and maybe that's not why why they haven't come. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, Jose and I both wish we were flies in your inbox right about now, because when they start coming, we want a good laugh. Yeah, you know who I've met recently, though? Uh, do you know Stephanie Bennett? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I met her at a show. I just did a show with her for the first time in San Antonio. She was really cool. She was really nice. And we took pictures together. And um, yeah, she's a nice girl. But still, she didn't, you know, she didn't go there. She hasn't been really inboxing me, you know. And I think she's a new chick, right? She's new. Oh, she's been doing it since the, the early 90s. Okay, well, then she's not new. Okay. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know who's new. That just shows you. I don't know who's new. I don't know anybody. Let me well, tell the you. good thing about it, I'm the, you know, <laughs> she, she has some decorum. You know what I mean? She, she knows her place and she wanted to share some time with you and not really, you know, I, I don't know what her thought process is, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are saying that, especially the newer generation. But my, my feeling is this. The main reason why most old school artists don't take new school artists under their wings is because, you know, they don't have any loyalty. And so because they have no loyalty, they don't like to listen and they don't take advice because for the most part, they know everything. So they think, you know, that's the reason. I can see that. I, I can see that, you know, because I think some of the young, they will think that they're, you know, better and they're bringing a new element and they're going to take over and they're going to. Okay. You know, I, I think they could possibly be feeling that way, you know, but that's just how younger people think anyway. You know, they think older people don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> they just think we don't know. They don't know too much. But um, I really, I actually was going to start a company like um, Artist Development. I was really, really interested in, in um, doing that because I, I see a lot and I, I try to help because I used to actually run um, pageants like for young women, young girls. And I've had a pageant before and I would train up the girls and how to compete, especially in the talent competition. So that's something that I was really interested in, like artist development, because I, I see a lot. I, I even see a lot of artists right now that I perform with and I'm like if you just do it like this if you just change that outfit and put this on and maybe if you do this <laughs> a lot of times I'm like oh, let me help you do that and I, I think I have a gift in that area and I, I honestly I was going to open up um, 
a business and do like artist management and development and, and help them with the whole like stage thing and, and their look and whatever, you know, because you gotta, you gotta get a, you have to have a look and you gotta stick with it. You have to be known for something, you know, you have to have an, an image and a lot of people don't develop their image. They don't develop, you know, if, if people think back all the way to the eighties to now I have an image, you know, it's either the hair, it's a certain look, you know, you won't see me on stage naked. You won't see me showing a bunch of boobs. And I've never been that way. Even when I had the hourglass figure, even when I had everything to flaunt when I was 19, I never did that. That wasn't the type of artist I was. And I stayed true to that. You got to stay true to you. You got to stay true to your image. I stay true to a certain way I dress on stage, the way I look, when it comes to the hair, my clothes. You know, people, sometimes people flip flop too much and, you know, it's a bunch of confusion. They're trying to be, sometimes they're trying to be somebody else and you know, they're not being true to who they are. A lot of artists, even now, I see a lot of legends that still got that a little bit twisted. You know, they're still trying to look like some other artists. I'm like, just be you, babe. You ain't gotta, you've already done your work. You've already, you know, you've made it this far. You don't have nothing else to prove. Just be you. A lot of artists just still don't get that. But I would love to do that. Back to your question. I would love to, you know, mentor or just give, um, you know, one of the new freestyle artists some points, some tips. I'm so open. I'm very. Awesome. I, I really think that that would be something that someone can really uh, take advantage of, like a Jenny Renee, uh, who's in your area or who may be going to California, you know, and meet you there because she's so inspired to, to try to work with you or, you know, I, yeah, I, think that's awesome. I have no, Oh, I have no problem with that. That's that's, I think that would be awesome. When can we expect something new from you? I'm working on that right now. Trust me and believe me. I just spoke to my son today. He has tons of tracks. We have tons of tracks that we worked on, but now I have to go through them and decide on, which ones I really want to focus on and put out. And I'm really looking for new writers too, because I have some new tracks that he actually sent me today, but I haven't written to, I don't have a, a song for. So I need some writers. I'm, I was going to solicit writers on Facebook tomorrow. I, I really, oh God. I need some new writers. Poor you, you're going to get inundated. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's what I'm looking for. I need some writers. I'm, I'm right now working on something. Because, you know, I don't like to really talk a lot and, and tell people what I'm doing. I just like to, like, bam, it's out there, drop it on you. But I am. I do need some writers to, to work with me. I, ha I have some tracks that I want to release. Um, I have some that's already written to, but then I have some new tracks that's not, that doesn't have any um, songs to. So I, I need some new new songs. I can't wait to get an influx of a bunch of songs that say lying, dying, and crying. <laughs> and, you're like, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, what the hell is this crap? Oh my God. I know. I, I know. I've gone through that before. I've gone, you know, I have gone through that. But you do, you know, if you, you're persistent, you will find that one or that two, you know, two tracks that's two songs that's just, just right. You just have to be patient and go through all of them. 
and listen and not give well, up. I'm hoping that maybe Alisa B is listening, uh, Sammy Zone is listening, Nick Cologne is listening, and they take you up on your offer. And you know who I talked to who had some really good, I mean, he's a great writer. You know the guy, um, um, Jay, what's his name? Um, Jay Adams? No. Jay Mazur? Uh, no. All right. Uh, I'm, Frankie I'm, J. Frankie, I was close. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of J's out there. Frankie J. He had some good, you know, I listened to some um, songs that he had. Maybe it's going on maybe two years ago. And um, he's a good writer. He really is a good writer. It's some good, it's some really talented people out there. It really is. I just need to to hook up with the right people. You know, it's it's all about a team and that flow and that vibe, you know. But I'm patient. I'm patient. I'll find it. This is the Freestyle Club. Pick hit of the week. This is the pick hit of the week. And of course, our guests go first. Chernier, what is your pick hit of the week? My pick hit is One Kiss by Dua Lipa. Let me take the night I love really What is your pick hit of the week? My pick this week is My One and Only by Johnny O. And of course, it's got to be the version produced by Jay Alam's The Good Version. pick hit of the week is Aki Star I Should Be The One. Brand new music from the Billboard Charter himself. Well Ralph, it's been a great episode of the Freestyle Club. Trinia, Jose, and the other guy. You are the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes. 
for the Unknown Advent. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz. And remember, peace, love, and freestyle.